Welcome to the Consummate Athlete Podcast, where our goal is to help you find health and community through movement. I'm Molly Herford, a writer, coach, and yoga teacher. And I'm Peter Glassford, an endurance coach and kinesiologist. Every week, we're talking to athletes and experts who can help you lead your best active, adventurous life. Whether you're a gravel racer, a marathon runner, or you just got out on your first bike ride yesterday, we're here cheering you on. You can also visit us online at consummateathlete.com for coaching information and training tips, nutrition advice, yoga flows, bike skills, and more. And now, let's get into this week's episode. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Consummate Athlete Podcast. Peter, how's it going? It's going well. Yeah, we're into the training here. It is going. It is, you know, I feel like we're getting, you know, a bit more into, uh, I guess, the base, the general preparation. We're starting to, you know, start working towards the season with different clients. You know, everyone's at a different point and a different plan, different race. But yeah, it's good. It feels like, you know, there's plans in, in motion here. For sure. I'll say I was saying to you earlier today, this is the first time in a while I've really felt sort of like a deep fatigue starting to form a little bit, like not a bad fatigue, just like, oh, okay, things have been happening. Like work has been being done. Things are in the bank. Um, Yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, that's good. I think, you know, on one hand, we know that that's sort of the comes with training, but sometimes it's also that expectation, right, that you're going to you know, feel at your best all the time. So it's sometimes tough when you're, you know, in the depths of training, you know, there's fatigue, you maybe don't see the, you know, the best powers or paces. And, you know, if you could talk to yourself or see yourself from above, I guess, you know, you'd, you'd say, well, that's what you should be expecting. But sometimes those expectations, you know, aren't there, right? We keep expecting every day to be the best day. It's true. I'm just remembering my sister was super dramatic as a little kid. And like, as a four-year-old at one point, she told my mother she was in the depths of despair. That's that's sort of how I felt today in like the first half mile of our run. Well, hopefully we're not in teenage angst and After, depression. Uh, but... This was like toddler angst. This oh, wasn't even, she okay. was four. Okay. Let's, let's so be that's clear like mouths of babes, I guess. Then, yeah, but... yeah. Uh, okay. So, you know, but I, honestly, like once things got going, things evened out. So sometimes I do think it is about that, like actually getting for going. For your sister, you mean? No, no. Oh, yeah, for, you. for my sister. Yeah, things have really gone, <laughs> gone uphill well, for I her. Hope That's so. been I hope great. it uh, picked up from the t- yeah. toddler angst. Yeah, it didn't really just stay baseline for, for that. No, I mean, when workouts get hard or when workouts feel hard to get started, um, we've talked about this where I've, I trick myself with workouts. I trick myself with just runs where I'm like, okay, you can go home but you're cleaning the bathroom. Like that's your option. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually that's enough to keep me going long enough that I realize, oh, this actually wasn't as bad as I thought. So, Well, yeah. maybe some days the bathroom could get cleaned, I guess, too. Uh, I feel like that's on you. <laughs> well, there you go. So congratulations to you. You know, we just got past uh, the release of uh, Shred Girls 3, which is your eighth book. So big celebrations on that. Uh, Shred Girls, Jen's Bumpy Ride. Uh, this one, I would say, is actually the most, um, the least bikey of the bunch, I guess, uh, because Allie's Rocky Ride and Lindsay's Joyride are both very kind of racer centric or like very, very bike centric. And this one is more of a bike packing adventure, followed by a gravel race, of course. And I mean, so bikes are obviously very prominently featured. Um, but there's a lot more sort of that time spent outdoors and a little bit more of like where the bike can take you that isn't necessarily in some kind of racing or performance context. Uh, so I think it's it's a fun one. I think it's a it's one that even little girls who don't know anything about cycling or sure. have no interest in it can get into. So if you're a parent uh, or, you know, know a, a young girl who maybe is not into the idea of riding bikes, I still think this is a, a book that can actually maybe gently convince her to try it out 
this is middle grade, yeah. So that's sort of like four to seven ish okay. grade. Yeah. Although you know, I've heard five year olds reading it, and I've heard. Uh, well, I was gonna say some people are just fans of you know that you still read. You know, what do you read? It's like the the one above that, right? The, yeah, uh, yeah. I read a lot of young adult, but I also right. do read a right. lot of. Yeah. I do read a lot of middle grade, embarrassingly enough. Well, I mean, if you write it, that probably makes sense. But there you it's go. True. If, if you're into that sort of grade, you know, you've left. Is that like the goosebumps and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Or is that more YA? Goosebumps, yeah. Okay. Goosebumps. Fear Street would be YA. Ah, uh, okay. Total, total, like '90s kids will know exactly what we're talking about here. Both are R.L. Stein, but uh, Goosebumps was more of the kid version. Still, lots of monsters that ate people, though. A lot of dying in those Goosebumps books. <sighs> I think Goosebumps. It was always okay. No, no. Yeah. A girl got eaten by a hermit crab. In one. I think it all got resolved. No. Yeah, it always gets resolved. It That's does it. not. Okay, if, if people <laughs> agree with me, please DM us and let us know where you stand on the Goosebumps endings, but I'm pretty sure most of the time somebody died. Okay, well, on that note, no one dies in Jen's bumpy ride, despite it being a bumpy ride. I don't know. Have you read it yet, Glassford? No. Okay, <laughs> tragedy does not ensue. <laughs> I will say that. Uh, you know, the usual very, very happy, very positive ending. Uh, it's, yeah, I'm really, really happy about this book. I'm super excited about it. If you want to get a copy, head over to shred-girls.com backslash shop or just head over to Amazon and grab it there. Um, yeah, I would love to hear from any anyone who reads it. And if you want just a quick 15-minute yoga session and or a quick read of one of the chapters, you can head over to the Shred Girls Instagram page and check out the IGTV for the launch. I just did a little little thing yesterday so that's available all the time yeah okay so anyway that's that is that that's sort of my big exciting news for the week um cool yeah so that's that's where we're at um so one question we got actually after last week's episode which i will shout out nigel mitchell registered dietitian uh amazing chef cookbook author definitely check out his cookbook check out that episode if you haven't already um it's gotten me thinking a lot about food and it seems like that episode went over well Mm -hmm. and i know a few people have messaged uh you know friends who have listened to it and then just you know people are dming and so forth that they actually picked up uh the cookbook right which i think says a lot people you know the i thought it was a great interview Thanks. If I do say so, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I th- it was honestly one of my favorites because I thought he did a really good job of addressing the idea of overall health and gut health and nutrition, but also in the context of sport and performance. Because uh, usually it's rare to get someone who can kind of cover both of those sides. You're usually talking to someone who's either just going to talk about sports nutrition and eating in order to perform, um, or you're talking to someone who's just talking about how to eat healthy for life. And I think he balances the two really well. Uh, So a lot of what we talked about, though, is the idea of the daily training environment. And that kind of got into the, the topic of training camps. So you've actually gotten a few questions sort of around that, um, around should I be going on a training camp this winter? So we thought, we thought, you know, this is a great question. And I know a lot of people are asking it as the world reopens, uh, travel is more doable now. Um, and I think people are sort of questioning what, what makes sense. Cause maybe they, maybe they historically have gone to training camps, but right. then they haven't for the last. And they maybe have them, you know, deferred from 2020 or 21. If you yeah. have it deferred and it's non-refundable, the answer is go. <laughs> um, that's just, right. That's, yeah, I guess or, that. <laughs> or not. I mean, I guess at some point it's sunk cost too. And I guess that's what we're talking about, but I guess you, you had brought up during that episode, uh, that, you know, cause he, he was talking about sort of having, 
you know, good food and good routines day to day, right? And then you sort of transitioned. I guess that was... Well, we were talking about how a lot of the time at training camps, and it was something that he noticed when he was working with pro teams, the training camps often involved going out to eat and these heavy meals and lots of wine. Everyone has Cokes. He he didn't like Coke as well. So it was like everyone got Cokes afterwards. And uh, so you're just doing a lot of things that maybe aren't uh, conducive to gut health, but then also maybe to health, if not performance as well. Yeah, yeah. So he kind of overhauled how most of these training camps ran and really changed things up. And I appreciate the fact that he wasn't he wasn't saying riders could never have Cokes. He just said they were no longer just not presenting at the line. Yeah, yeah. And it's just sort of this culture of like, what is what is sports performance nutrition? Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, training camps are awesome. They can be super fun. Uh, but they do pull you out of a daily training environment um, and put you into just a different context. There's travel involved. Uh, often if we're doing a training camp with friends, there's, you know, meals out and all that kind of stuff. Or if you're just you know, staying in a hotel, meals kind of have to be out. Um, if you're training with friends, there's sort of all these questions around how many hours, how hard are you going, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, and for some people, you know, maybe the training environment, you know, maybe they're getting away from their family and their kids and stuff, right? So it, it is sort of a break from that. And and I think sometimes it, it's worth looking at, is this an event or is it a, a, a training camp, right? And it might seem like it's not a, a difference, right? But it's sort of like you're, you're training all winter so that you can go away and, and have this like, you know, really fun week, you know, and, and not maybe, maybe this isn't quote unquote training. And again, this is maybe as much in, in the coach's mind as, as your mind, but it is a, a slight difference, I think, in the approach, right? Right. Because you have some clients who actually are coming to you wanting to get prepared for Yeah, they want to really like put it to their friends on these mountain climbs, right? And, and then, you know, be strong every day, despite the fact that they're going to maybe go out to these fancy meals and have maybe, you know, an extra bottle of wine at dinner. Uh, and, and this is just, you know, we're naming what the, what is the goal, right? What is the purpose of this, this trip? So the first thing to do, if you do want to do a training camp is really think through the context, I suppose. So if that's well, what's the goal of it. Yeah. So yeah. if that's the case, it might not be that you're going to come back fitter than ever necessarily you may actually need like a few recovery weeks and that might be Mm -hmm. sort of your season peak Um, on the flip side if you are trying to use a training camp to prepare for an a race that's say six weeks out your training camp is going to have to look a lot different right right and it might explain you know how you do the trip who you do it with uh when it's timed um you know some of these things might be and it wouldn't be that like you don't get more fit you know you don't gain fitness maybe but you know you might need more recovery from a, a survival camp or a, a race camp we might call it uh versus a training camp you know ideally and, and some of my hesitation around them always is if you go away you know you, you quote unquote have to do 30 hours in the week or you have to do 25 hours right whatever the number is for you but you're going for seven days you're going to fly a day on each end which we'll get to uh and then you're going to ride for five days five days in a row which you'd probably not normally do, but you're away. So you have to ride every day, right? You can't take an off day when you're away only for a week and you have to ride for five hours because what else are you going to do all day, right? So now you've just done 25 hours in five days, fly on both ends uh, versus doing, what what would you normally do? Eight to 10 hours, right? I'd like to point out Glassford is doing air quotes around (laughs) have to, just so everyone who can't see. air quotes? How many air quotes am I allowed to use? Um, I mean, as many as you want. So that's the idea, right? And, And it's exaggeration a bit. 
but that's the difference, right? Is like, I think you can get ready and, and you would survive the 25 hours, but it, it's not, you know, if we say too much too soon or you're acute to chronic ratio, uh, you know, 25 hours from, you know, 10 hours, 10 hours spread over seven days versus 25 hours over five days or, or whatever the, the thing is, right? It's just a, it's a big jump. And that stimulus is often not the kind of stimulus that's actually going to prepare you for really any goal. Well, it might. You might survive the survival camp, right? But that's the the tricky thing is like, what would be the optimum dose, right? Is this, you know, think about anything that you dose normally, like Tylenol or anything. Everything is, you know, this this curve of like effect, right? At some point, it's too much, and and it's actually going to be, uh, you know, not much more benefit, or or actually like you know, at some point Tylenol gets dangerous, right? And so with a, a volume or, or riding or intensity or whatever, the risk of getting sick, that's too much too soon. That's the acute chronic ratio. Uh, at some point, we don't really know when, but at some point, you know, you're going to get sick or a knee injury or a back, you know, your back gets sore or whatever. I think it's also worth bringing back up the, the cup analogy that we often turn to. Uh, if you think about the flying and then that volume of riding, and then you add in more of these like unhealthy meals or well, late nights I mean, careful or though. Let's not, before we get too far, I don't want to interrupt you here, but the, you know, the idea is that, okay, so let's say, okay, I want to go on a training camp. This is, I do want to do this as training, you know, so what is the best thing to do? So then we, we want to weigh, like this idea ultimately what you're saying is like could we do a staycation where we have a, a good setup at home or, or nearer to home closer to home maybe um you know where we we do good training we don't maybe go to work maybe we have the week is off work indeed that's a staycation uh, or partially off work maybe there's a holiday and like an extra day off and we stay home and we train more than usual it can be a volume block but not such a large increase. And maybe we're more free to take like an actual off day in there, right? Maybe we do three days on, off day, three days on, good training block, right? Um, so that would be like what you're, versus what you were just starting to describe, which I'll let you describe now. You know, you're flying to Spain or California or wherever you want to go, right? Actually, I think the better analogy I want to drop in with this exact thing is hunting. Uh, just to take it away from cycling for two seconds, um, because that way I'm not throwing any cyclists under the bus or no one's going to like hear themselves in this description. So my dad, every Thanksgiving weekend for my entire life, has gone to West Virginia for four days for this hunting camp. Um, it's hunting season in New Jersey, too. So he could stay at home and hunt and get in a lot more hours in the woods. Almost out the door. Pretty close. Pretty much out yeah. the door. Could get in a lot more hours in the woods might actually get a deer. Right. I can I can sort of throw him under the bus here because he doesn't listen to this. Uh, might actually finally get a deer for the first time in a few years. But instead, he packs up this meticulous checklist he has, loads up the car, and drives the 10 hours down to West Virginia, where he hangs out with his brother and his aunt and all of his cousins. Because of the, And he never gets anything because he's only down there for like two days. He gets a very little hunting time. But it's still this hunting camp that he does. And in his head, he's going down to hunt. Or on paper, he's going down to hunt. But the reality of the situation is he's actually going down because he wants to spend time with his brother, with his extended family. Right. He loves them. He loves seeing them. The hunting is sort of the excuse. So I think it's totally fine for the training camp to be that kind of situation. Um, 
but you could probably do it. Yeah, and that's maybe a looking at the goal or his why for all this, right? And it's, you know, you wouldn't pull him away and, and be like, focus on the, you know, key thing we're trying to do here. I mean, you know, I'm a little hunting. tempted to because it's been a long time right. since we've had a lot of venison in the freezer, but... Right, right. So, I mean, again, that it might work in that case, right? But if it was about the hunting, then you could make a compelling argument. You know, he only has so much time off work that then, you know, the, the staycation might elicit the same benefit or similar, but without the risk of travel, the cost of travel, the time of travel, right? It's maybe two extra days of, of training, right? And that's, that's always been my frustration with this is we have to train more again, air quotes around the half to train more because we've paid to go to Spain or wherever, um, and again, it's going to end up being so much that the risk is just so high and we can only absorb so much. Again, our cups are only so big, right? If you want to use it that way, uh, you know, we all can only absorb so much, you know, too much too soon and so forth. Uh, so that's, that's the thing, right? It, it's, you know, if we can stay home and just train in a, a good training environment, even better one where we don't have to work for eight hours, we can train at the, you know, a nice time during the day, maybe add an hour to each ride or something, whatever, again, the number is, that's good for you. Uh, you know, maybe get a massage, feed her up, right? And yeah. this is this is the idea. If the cup's let you know a little emptier, you know, more empty, the cup has less in it, then we can train a bit more, but then we can really absorb, right? And that's the, the key thing is how much we're actually absorbing, right? That's your your HRV is not to go too far down a tangent, but like that HRV is going to maybe be a you know a little higher. You know, you'd be ready to absorb, you know, this training. Yeah, I think you also mentioned the massage component there. Uh, you also do save a lot of money if you don't go to a training camp. That fact can't be ignored. Sure. And yeah. there's a lot of stuff you can get done with that extra cash, um, which we will get into in a second here. Um, but okay, so all of that said, historically, we have left Ontario in the winters to go somewhere warm to do some training. Um, so I mean, I do... Clearly, there is some value to these training camps. Now, granted, we've always left for long amounts of time because we can work remotely. So it's been less of a, yeah, less of a I stressor. Mean, and, and it was an elite pursuit for some times, if I can call it an elite pursuit, uh, attempt at anyhow. Uh, and then it became, you know, we were going away for training camps and stuff, too. So, I mean, there, the lines are blurry there, but I guess, you know, we can look at that for sure, uh, you know. Did you have a point with our, our, our example? Well, I think my, my thing was just, it might sound as though we're very down on training camps. It's not necessarily oh. the case. No, we've run them. Um, I think I'm, I like it. Yeah, I'd love to go to Spain. Yeah, right. <laughs> but well, wouldn't we all, right? I think that's, I think that's the, the idea is that, but sometimes we have to be careful. Are we going for a vacation and a fun time, you know, because we can, which is okay. And then if we are, if it's going to be a training camp, then it's just, you know, again, you can do your three hour ride and take a day off every couple and be, you know, well, I'm going to say mature, but like, you know, keep the eye on the prize, you know, some discipline. Uh, and, and you could have a great training camp if you have the money and the time and you can, you want to go to Spain, then go to Spain. But it's always that like, can you just take a day off in the middle and not, you know, be, on the first day do seven hour ride or something right um just again because what was my thing what was i putting you have to do more you yeah. know in air quotes yeah yeah the other reason a training camp may make sense though is very sport specific or race school specific i would say i think and this is where planning the exact kind of camp, camp you're going to is really important so if you're training for say a leadville or something like that on the on the bike or running i guess you know, if you're training for Leadville and you've never actually trained or raced at altitude, 
maybe going somewhere with altitude to do some mountain biking or trail running makes sense. So I think when you think about training camps, thinking about the context that you're planning on racing, like what is your A goal? And okay, what is the best possible training camp for that? And can training be more than hours? Exactly. Yeah. So it's okay. So it's winter in Ontario. You can put in some great efforts on a trainer and cross country skiing and all that kind of stuff to build volume and aerobic capacity and all that fun stuff. But you can't mountain bike outside in Ontario in the winter. So if you have a mountain bike race goal for the summer, it probably makes more sense if you are going to do a training camp to plan it around doing a mountain bike training camp rather than doing a road volume camp. So I think Sure. getting a little away from like the daily environment but just as people are thinking about these training camps but that which was the is... question was like you know the the idea and so i think a we have a couple ideas here right there's you can go away and do a, a race camp or a survival camp or a you know having fun with your friends camp great and, and we put that in as an event just like a race right and it, it's it's not a ton different again this might just be for the coach uh as much as for you but it, it does set up like we're training so that you're ready for that challenge um and it, we just know it's going to be a big, you know, same as when you do unbound gravel, it's 200 miles. You're not doing, you know, that in training, it's going to be a big, big day, right? This is going to be a big week. It's like doing a stage race, right? It's a big load of stress and we're going to have to recover a bit before we're going to have to recover a bit after. Whereas the way I see a training camp is we're probably doing, you know, base one, base two, whatever, and then base three. And it's just logically increasing. You know, you're doing a 10 hour, a 12 hour, a 14 hour, you're doing a 12 hour, a 14 hour, a 16 hour. You're doing, you know, not maybe that clean, but that's, that's the rough idea, right? That we would follow. And maybe the training camp gets, you know, touches that 20, right? And 20 is pretty good. That's, you know, a couple threes and maybe a four in there. And then a day off or a day light, you know, you spin to the coffee shop or something, you go shopping, uh, you know, sounds like a great week, right? And that could still be a really, really good week of training. But I think we're just careful that, again, we don't, quote unquote, have to train more. Yeah. I think the last thing I want to mention on that is the idea of you are going on these training camps with friends. Uh, I actually was doing a piece for Canadian Cycling on bikepacking. And so one of the questions I was asking a lot of these really frequent bike packers was, how do you bike pack with a group? And the thing that everyone came back to me with was you have to set expectations beforehand. So if you want to use the training camp as a super serious, like you want to train and you want to come back in good shape, in good health, it, you know, everything is, is working really and keep well training, right? and when keep training. Cause yeah. that's, you know, yeah. If you don't need recovery when you get back, uh, then you need to set that expectation. Let them know, okay, my volume might not be quite as high and I want to make sure that I'm getting eight hours of sleep a night because I never get to get that at home. So this is my chance to really have that good sleep. And I'd like to prioritize eating well. And mm-hmm. honestly, it's it's so much better to lay that stuff out before you go because uh, no one's ever going to hold it against you. Uh, but they might be a little annoyed if they get there and suddenly they were planning this super fun boozy weekend and you're completely right. shifting the and, gears. And this could be, you know, when we talk about training camps, this could be a, a, a weekend or a long weekend or, a, you know, something like that too, or even just a single training ride ultimately, right? Like, is this a race that we're on? Like, you know, or was this supposed to be like, you know, a training ride for something like Leadville, uh, which you might have a certain, you know, target for that, right? But you don't necessarily want to be just drilled at the end of it. You probably want to train again on Monday or Tuesday or something, right? Um, versus simulating the entirety of Leadville on a Sunday and finding that you can't train effectively for two weeks after, right? So that, that'd be like a, a micro example, but, you know, again, this idea of training camps uh, versus survival camps, right? Or, or races versus uh, training. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Ultimately, that's what we're talking about. So as always, communication, communication, communication. I guess so. Yeah. And that's, you know, you to your your training compatriots, your friends, the family you're going with, whatever, uh, teammates. Uh, and, and then also with your coach. Yeah. Just, you know, what's what's the you know, this is the time I have available. You know, we want to go down to this place. Uh, you know, this is what I'm feeling I want to do. You know, does that fit into my training uh, or like, you know, the only thing that's important to me, my value is is that I want to just go smash these climbs with my friends and be as fit as I can for this March training camp. And I it's like, I thought you were going to say smash these clowns for some reason. I was like, jeez. Oh, no one likes clowns, I guess. Not, yeah, I thought I you meant like your friends, like these clowns. It's like, <laughs> God, Glassford. Yeah, I guess. I mean, today. some people are really into smashing their friends, I guess. So maybe they would say that. But uh, yeah, so that if that's the goal, that's the goal, right? I, I think you set your goals. You can use, I, I, I'm fine with the idea that like you can use your fitness however you want. We just need to plan for that, right? And so you don't want to go down expecting it to be one thing and then come back and have to take a, a month off, right? And I think when we talk about like for the coach, you know, when we're putting this in an event as an event, uh, you know, that's what it is, is that, you know, whether you like it or not, if you really go deep on something, you know, we just know that it's going to take a while to get over it. Right. We have a good friend who ran the Bruce trail, Karen Holland, and, you know, she, you know, that was, that was deep, (laughs) right. You don't set the fastest time on something. And that was a a pretty solid nine days of running, you know, Well, I was hundred K days, right? It's and, funny because as you dropped that as an example, I was actually about to drop that as an example in a different way in that we crewed for her for four days and I ran pretty big chunks of it. I mean, not a hundred K days, but 40 to 50 K days for four days. And I had a week off after that, even mm-hmm. though that was not an A race or anything like that for me, that was basically a mini training camp for me. And I had almost a week off on my schedule after that because, because of that exact thing. Right. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> and that, that was how David put it in. Yeah, it, yeah. It wasn't necessarily that like you were, you, 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 it's one of those things that you, you can either, you know, it's not really a peak, right? But you can step off or you can fall off, right? And so you could have probably kept training or, or Karen is, you know, a great athlete. I'm sure she could have kept running if she wanted to and, you know, rushed back. But, you you know, you have to be careful. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Cool. So that's, that's our sort of two cents on training camps. I think just weighing all of the, positives weighing all of the negatives and setting your expectations appropriately and you know well and we're assuming you're going to go anyhow so enjoy yeah yeah <laughs> enjoy, enjoy your that. enjoy your trip enjoy um, but plan it right um you know try and think about what what objectives you want out of that week and if you take one thing from nigel's uh episode last week maybe make some ginger shots while you're there <laughs> there you go that's your compromise yeah i mean make good food you know cook good food or at least at least one good meal a day come on <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe a vegetable or two. Okay, where did you want to go from there? Uh, Actually, I wanted to get into what we've been up to lately, which is we actually just got our Inside Tracker blood work done. And uh, holy moly, was it uh, interesting. So first of all, shout out to their mobile blood draw. Uh, So if you're in the US or Canada, you can opt for mobile blood draw. I think actually in Canada, you have to do mobile blood draw. But honestly, so, so worth it. like 8 a.m. Thursday, knock on our door at exactly 8 a.m. She was spot on time, came in, took, uh, did both of our blood draws at the same time. I think she was out by 8.10, which was great because I had a call at 8.15. Right. Uh, no problems whatsoever other than DW was extremely, extremely he displeased. Was he was medium. 
Uh, he, he's getting better though. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was good, right? And, and on one hand, I'm you know I'm Canadian, so you know we're always you know oh this you can go to the doctor and get it done, right? And, and sometimes it, it's that easy, and you have, can have a good doctor, right? And you have the time to get to the doctor, but uh, you know not everyone will go to the doctor. Not everyone will ask for the blood draw to get done. And sometimes it's hard to get the doctor in Canada to get to get that blood taken, right? So this I'll is... say I've driven to our doctor, which is an hour away before and gotten told I was totally fine and didn't need blood work done. Right. So Right, which might be accurate, right? Uh, but then sometimes, you know, this is a way to start conversations too. And, and you might just not have the time to do it, right? So it might be one of those things that if you're a busy person, you know, and charging hard and, you know, pushing your athletics, then sometimes, you know, just scheduling this even, you know, yearly, because that's what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to be getting checkups and our, our yearly checkup, right? Our yearly physical uh, to do it, right? And if, if everything looks clear, then it's, you know, away you go. Yeah. So ours, uh, we definitely had some stuff to work on. I was, I don't know why I'm surprised by low iron as a female runner who runs a lot, but shocker, uh, my iron's a little low. Um, it was one of those things I have to admit when I got it drawn, I was sort of expecting to come back with like a perfect bill of health. I don't know why on earth I thought that, um, I feel good. Mm-hmm. But there's always there's always going to be little stuff that if you catch it, I think, early and you can kind of adapt to it, then you're going to be much better off. Uh, so I'm definitely really, really glad that we did that. Uh, we joked the other week when we talked about having booked it that I really only booked it because someone who will remain nameless, <laughs> Peter, uh, was getting a little grumpy. And naturally, my assumption when he's grumpy is it can't possibly be me annoying him or anything. I'm perfect. He must need blood work done. Uh, so <laughs> so that's why we did it. Um very very glad we did it there were no glaring errors on on his blood work though so uh, i think i might just be annoying him i'm not sure well i mean the interesting thing for me is uh you know i don't think mine was was perfect by any stretch right so we're you know we're seeing people now to you know see if there's any tweaks we need to make as far as nutrition and that sort of thing and i think Um, that actually is going to be really good money spent on the blood testing beforehand because now I'm actually talking to a dietitian. You're talking to, to a naturopath, and we can go in with these blood results and be able to say, like, here's what's going on. Right. Uh, it gives much more context rather than I don't want to say wasting because that's not the right word, but like spending a session or two where you're getting all of that information out and they're requisitioning and now you have to go to labs and all of this stuff. Now we're walking in with here's a snapshot of what's going on. Uh, we just already have this, this well, knowledge I think the yearly up. physical is probably a good idea still. I don't know. Some people are surprised when I say that. I thought that was just a thing that we do. But I mean, whatever whatever you believe in, I guess. But the idea here is that, you know, some of this stuff, you know, maybe you don't have to go see your naturopath or something, right? Like if you're feeling pretty good and the blood works clear, then that's good. But I think, again, if you're the type of person as I am uh, who would just sort of, you know, not say anything uh, and keep carrying on, this is probably a good one to just, you know, okay, the person's, you know, can come to your house or you can go to a lab and just get the blood work done, right? And, and again, call it your yearly checkup if you're not a person who goes to the doctor. Uh, especially, again, if you're someone who's pushing, you know, at work and pushing, you know, you have kids and pushing, you have, you know, hard training you're doing. And again, we're not, <laughs> most of us are getting older, right? So there is that. Most of us? Most of us. Yeah, unless um, you found like the Benjamin Button way of doing things. I think yeah, and I mean, the us, one but... for me, which, you know, I sort of knew was, uh, you know, my family, the men in my family tend to have uh, high iron, actually, right? Which is different than uh, Molly's case. Uh, yeah, I'm a little sad we can't just 
mix our blood together and just yeah. even her out. Yeah, just give you some. Yeah, I guess I think that's illegal. That might be doping. Also very dangerous. That might be. Yeah, don't do um, that. But well. uh anyhow so part of the solution for that is uh to give blood which is also very nice and it it would be nice if all health problems were just uh, you know you go and give blood and be you know generous with your blood i guess and away you go but that can be the source of different things like inflammation and a couple other uh things so i promptly went and gave blood uh which is great uh Something I've never done a ton, you know, because I thought it would, you know, to steal my red blood cells and, you know, I wouldn't be as good at biking. Uh, but there's a chance I may actually be better at biking if I do it. So well, there you have it. Away we go. So that's that. So we gave blood and like we say, we're working through that. So yeah. And actually, uh, we have had Inside Tracker as a sponsor before and they came back with an awesome Black Friday deal for our listeners that time as well. Of the year. Yeah. Tis the season. Uh, and I will admit, I don't think I've ever maybe like once or twice bought someone else a gift on Black Friday. Uh, I'm usually using it as shopping for myself, uh, but uh, you can feel free to use this Inside Tracker uh, offer either for yourself or for a loved one. Maybe you have a spouse who's been in a bit of a grump lately and you want to check in on that. Um, but right now they're doing an awesome offer. Uh, you can save $200 on their ultimate plan, which is a zillion and one blood markers, uh, everything down to, you know, from hormones to metabolic markers and everything in between. I was trying to think of like a head to toe, but I couldn't think of a good (laughs) blood thing for head or toe. Um, And plus you get free inner age. So you can find out how old you really are on the inside um, and just enjoy 25% off site-wide, which is actually how we booked ours. Uh, So I mean, this is a coupon code that we're using too. So it is definitely, definitely worth it. Inside Tracker is the most personalized way to make sure your body stays in it for the long haul. Um, and, you know, we all know age, genes, nutrition, lifestyle, all of these factors are playing into you know, how our bodies are reacting. So there's a reason I can eat uh, my blueberry pancakes with all of the gluten and Peter over there is ordering the gluten-free ones. Uh, same thing is not going to work for everyone. And I think Inside Tracker is a really cool way of just seeing sort of what's what's working, what's going on inside uh, with very, very little work on your part. Seriously, cannot stress the mobile blood draw enough. And with the 25% off, it's actually stupid cheap. Uh, so definitely, definitely get in on that. Uh, again, you can head over to insidetracker.com slash consummate uh, to save $200 on Inside Tracker's ultimate plan and free get free inner age. And you can enjoy 25% off site-wide and give the gift of personalized health to you or a loved one or both. They do have gift cards. Um, and I will say if you order now, you don't necessarily have to do it right now. So if you're in a really busy season and you think this deal sounds awesome, you can actually buy it now and then just book it later you don't have to book it the same day you buy although if you do buy it now put it on your calendar to book it because i know especially in the holiday season black friday shopping it's pretty easy to accidentally uh, forget everything that you bought so pro tip put it on your calendar and so a lot of these uh extra deals like the uh inner age and stuff that's like the black friday yeah Yeah. so black friday is the time sensitive yes yeah black friday to save 200 dollars on inside trackers ultimate plan and get free inner age um but the 25 percent site-wide has been going always use our link for that yes so definitely inside tracker.com slash consummate so that is that uh we will keep you posted as we both go through our tweaking our day-to-day routines to hopefully optimize yeah yeah and maybe we have one of the nutritionists on or something we can talk you know 
how it how it evolves yeah i think so cool so with that said the only other topic that i really wanted to bring up today is this idea of going to therapy so I think we've probably mentioned on almost every episode where we've ever ha- ever had a sports psych or a mental performance consultant, or we've been talking about any mindset stuff, that therapy is a good option and totally worth doing, absolutely something everyone should, should consider, uh, honestly, whether or not you're going through a rough patch necessarily. Uh, so I finally was like, okay, that's it. I've been talking the talk for years now saying that everyone should do therapy and I had never actually done it. So uh, I finally decided to actually take the time and find someone local that I could actually go talk to. Um, Honestly, the getting to the first appointment is the hardest part of it. Like, holy moly. Um, It's pretty overwhelming because you hear this idea of like, oh, you should go to therapy. And you're like, yeah, I should go to therapy. And then you start researching And you're like, oh my gosh, do I need a Jungian specialist? What about a Freudian? Do I need CBT? Do I need a psychologist? Do I need a psychiatrist? Do I need a counselor? What is a registered social worker, Uh, which is sort of more of the Canadian, I'd say, side of counseling is a lot of registered social workers work as therapists. Uh, And then, you know, does my insurance cover it? Do I need a requisition to go? Uh, There's just so many questions. So Um, Actually, I found that using psychologytoday.com has a fantastic finder. Uh, It has a directory of therapists, psychologists. uh, That's just fantastic. It narrows it down to your area. You get to see what insurance they take, uh, what they specialize in, uh, a little bit about them, usually a photo, um, you know, link to their website and all that kind of information. Um, and even even like uh, with restaurants, you know, they have like the dollar signs for how expensive they are. It actually has that. Hmm. Um, so I found that okay. super, super well, we'll helpful. Link, we'll link to that then. Yeah. It sounds like a good thing to start with. Yeah. And I mean, I think if you're even considering doing it, I would say it's worth putting in the legwork before it becomes kind of a critical crisis situation. Uh, So if you have been sort of thinking, oh, it would be really nice to talk to someone objective about stress, anxiety, overwhelm, which are sort of the three boxes I was looking to to check. Um, I admit my natural, my brain uh, tries to go to the, the, um, what would you call it, like hiding behind, like, I'm just doing this for an article uh, to get me in the door. But I definitely had been wanting to go talk to someone and kind of get some some tactics for dealing with anxiety and stress. And, you know, just, just talk to someone objective who doesn't know me or anything about my life and just kind of get to say what I want and not be super stressed on what they thought about me, which it turns out is really difficult to do, but I think really, really worthwhile. So... Uh, yeah, just wanted to put that out there as this this thing that I wanted to to normalize because I think a lot of the time you get you get podcast hosts like us who are saying everyone should do therapy, but maybe haven't. So I think now I get to say no, like this is the thing I'm trying and I'm I'm finding a lot of value in it. So yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Well, thanks for sharing that. Maybe we'll get an update or something along the road here. I'm healed. I'm cured. So I'm psycho- psychology here. today. Um, did you find any other, you know, resources or, or, you know, what else, you know, I know there's some online ones now like apps and stuff. And what do you yeah. think about that? Canada doesn't actually have quite as many online apps as the U S does. Uh, and for me personally, I had very little interest in that simply because 
of my day job as a journalist, I interview a lot of people and I really felt that doing anything over video calls or in kind of an app base would actually make me feel too much like I was doing an interview of someone. Right. Uh, and actually the therapist that I did go to, um, she had asked would I rather do video because COVID protocols in Ontario are still pretty locked down. So you have to wear your mask the whole time and it's, it's a whole thing. Uh, but I said, I was like, I can't do therapy via Zoom because I'm so used to talking to psychologists and sports psychs and mental performance consultants for our podcast that I'm going to end up interviewing you right. and it's not going to get anywhere. Uh, so I'm glad I went in. Uh, that's something I think everyone kind of needs to have a personal, like, think through, like, what's going to work for them. I know some people ha struggle with finding the time. Sure, yeah. If the difference is getting to the appointment or making the time, you know, if you can get a 15 or 30 minute talk, that's maybe a good place to start, right? And maybe even just to interview someone initially. I know that's the one thing I've heard before is, you know, like anything, I mean, probably true of coaches or whatever you're, uh, you know, when you're trying to find someone you're going to work with and spend time with and open up to, uh, you probably want to try out a couple people, you know, interview a couple people, uh, that sort of thing, right? So maybe the electronic, the Zoom, the Skype, whatever, that's probably a good way to go about it if you if you do have the time to interview or if you don't have the time to get there. Yeah. I mean, the one caveat I would give to interviewing people is I think you can very easily get down a rabbit hole of researching and interviewing and doing all of the things to where you never actually get to the point where you're just talking to someone mm. about your feelings and your what's coming up for you. So you're almost using the research phase as a an excuse to not do it. Um, so I think you're totally right. Some people might need to interview some people. People might not be the right fit. That's totally fine. Um, but don't let uh, don't let perfect be the enemy of good there. Get sucked into yeah. the research rabbit hole. I think I was saying to you when you, you said you were going to go, I said, you know, it's maybe worth, you know, like anything, it takes a while to sort of develop a rapport, right? And so if you go... You know, again, we all, it's not that anyone's perfect, but, you know, you go when things are relatively good. Uh, you know, if anything does ever happen or when something happens, uh, you know, you're, you at least have someone that's you know familiar with your situation and the characters in your life and so forth. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and the other tip I have is if you do go, I highly recommend taking 15 minutes the day before or day of or whatever and just writing down everything that you want to make sure gets out. Um, in that session because you will be totally caught off guard and completely forget everything and for some this might just be me personally but I bet you it's not just me when I say this uh, for some reason just sitting and talking to someone about yourself and having someone who's just sitting there kind of nodding along and really empathizing with you will make you choke up no matter what like I was in there for maybe two minutes and I'm just like <laughs> my dad is my best friend and I miss him so I'd like something I'm like what is happening to me right now um so thank goodness I had this notebook with a few things that I wanted to to make sure that I got to because otherwise I for some reason was just sidetracked okay. immediately got emotional <laughs> wasn't even on the list no um that's it I wonder you know getting back to the the going somewhere and again not that's not always possible I think these other you know zoom and so forth has been good in a lot of ways because it does open up a bit of that accessibility but there's probably true for a lot of people similar to going to get a massage you know there's a lot of the benefit is going to a place where your phone's locked away and you know no one's going to phone you hopefully you've turned your phone off 
you know, there's probably a therapeutic benefit, not to undersell the benefit of the actual therapy, but there's probably a bit to that, like going to a place. Well, especially if you've been working from home and your life is on Zoom to begin with. Uh, sure. There's definitely that. Also, frankly, we live in a small place. Like I would have had to kick you out of the house to do it. Um, because that would have been really, really difficult to try to have a therapy session. And if you have kids at home or honestly, yeah. even yeah. even DW running around would have been a bit distracting sure. um, or distracting in like a in a negative way overall, but like a, a way where I'm just like holding him up, like trying to kind of deflect from stuff. Um, so, yeah, I think I think if you can go, I would honestly, I would recommend getting out of the house for it if you can. But if that's not an option, then definitely the video stuff's awesome. And if that's more comfortable for you, then by all means, like absolutely do that. Hmm. So that's cool. Probably the last thing I, I had, you know, we have had a lots of mental performance consultants and sports psychs on the show. Uh, we have another couple, one or two coming up for sure uh, that I'm very excited about. And sometimes that's a, you know, an easy way, quote unquote, to get into the idea of therapy and talking to someone, which I think is good. If that's attractive, you know, go that way, walk uh, towards that. But then, you know, the other thing is, you know, sport and performance is, is not you know, separate, right? We are not, you know, our, our lives at home, our lives at work are not separate, right? So this is also, you know, you could go to a more traditional therapy. Was yours, what was the, did you, can you say what she was, is it psychotherapy or what is it? Uh, just therapist, a registered social worker oh, okay. in Canada. Um, yeah, but, so, so that might be, you know, have benefit for your sport. And the same that we say, like, you know, being a healthy person and sleeping benefits your athletics, you know, talking through whatever the issues may be, uh, you know, family work, whatever anxiety and so forth yeah exactly i mean really if we're talking about anxiety that's gonna apply to race day if we're talking about where i want to go in my life we're talking about goal setting uh, so so much of it can be related to sport it's sort of that reverse metaphor right we often use sport as a metaphor for life so i'm kind of using life as a metaphor for sport uh and i think that's gonna work yeah. out really well and i think that's valid too right that you know lots of things you learn about you know, yourself in, in sport and, you know, performing, you know, and being nervous on a start line, like it probably helps in life, but there, there are some things that maybe the arrow doesn't go quite as easily both ways, right? Uh, mountain biking might not prepare you for everything in life. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Well, that's good. That's, you know, good questions around the training camps and follow up. So if you, we do have, you know, as we have interviews, you know, sort of every other week and then the Q and A is roughly every other week. Uh, if you do have questions or challenges or ideas for guests, please keep following up that we've had some great ideas and, and questions, you know, and that's, you know, sometimes we might have none of the answers. So we'll, uh, look into experts for that, you know, other guests. Uh, but that's great. So thank you for reaching out, uh, and following up on some of our episodes. Yes. All right. Head over to consummateathlete.com to grab the show notes, grab that linked inside tracker. Uh, have a wonderful, happy, healthy Thanksgiving if if you are celebrating it this week, uh, or at least take a quick pause and be grateful for something just because that's a, a fun thing to do. All right. We will see you next week. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning into the Consummate Athlete Podcast. If you enjoyed this or any of our past episodes, do us a solid and leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts. And check out our book, Becoming a Consummate Athlete, over at consummateathlete.com. Questions or comments? Find us over on Instagram, at consummateathlete, and we will see you next week. <laughs>